Life Radio. Stories at the intersection of music and life. Welcome to Music Life Radio. I am your host, Dan Slaughter. Music Life Radio is a free podcast available on iTunes and your interwebs at musicliferadio.com and features interviews and stories about and related to music. Today on the program, Eric Kaur interviews Cookie Dough and DJ MC2, co-founders of the long-running San Francisco drag production known as The Monster Show. The Monster Show started in the summer of 2004 at Harvey's in the heart of the Castro and has become known for the non-stop continuous mix shows, sort of an assault to the senses. Definitely something to check out. Cookie Dough is the host and often appears in one of the numbers, and DJ MC2 provides the music. Sit back and enjoy another episode of Music Life Radio, this one entitled The Monster Show, Cookie Dough and DJ MC2. Welcome to Music Live Radio. My name is Eric Kaur from the band Gunpowder, and I'm here tonight interviewing DJ MC2 and Cookie Dough, Grand Duchess 38. And they are hosts, producers, promoters, DJs, San Francisco staples, really. And uh, thank you for being here today. Thank thanks. you very much. Yeah, thank thanks for having us. us. So one of the things I wanted to just kind of start out with is when I hear people talk about drag, the first thing I, I often hear people talk about is there's, like, there's kind of mythology outside of the drag community. And the first step is, well, they're always in drag. Mm-hmm. Anybody who talks to me about drag and all the information they know about, they're like, oh, yeah, they're always in drag. It's a lifestyle. It's like 24-7. And then I am often respond, well, I know quite a few guys who do this, and they're pretty butch. <laughs> so anyway, you want to address the mythology to begin? And Yeah, well, I'm sure there's, um, there's different uh, ways of describing people that, guys that dress in drag. And, you know, I don't vacuum or iron or do the dishes <laughs> in drag i'm or uh, out of drag or, or <laughs> <laughs> hey he's the messy one uh so now granted there may be a fetish for that and you know somebody may want to pay to see a guy dressed in drag vacuuming but uh yeah i i do it as a business i do it <clears throat> as a as a career and I do it um, as a you know as a promotional tour, tool for uh, for our show. We do a, a show, but um, but yeah, there's I mean because there's transvestite, there's transsexual, there's drag queen, you know, there's um, you know post-op transsexual, pre-op transsexual, and then there's ones that they are you know female from the waist down. Oh, no, no, female from the waist up, <laughs> and uh, they they're male from the waist down i was in a dressing room where i saw that once uh, it was it was kind of cool in a way because yeah. it was it was uh, i guess the term, best term would be almost like a gender fuck moment where right. chicks was, with dicks well, there's beautiful beautiful women yeah and they were changing and they were like these 
really well endowed men also at the same time. It was it was a well. What I heard from somebody one time that I guess had just gone through their transitioning, um, but they were keeping their penis, and it was don't get rid of the candy. <laughs> Because, you know, there's, again, fetishes for that. And so, so also, I just want to, um, we'll backtrack a little, uh-huh. and I don't know how we want to. So, I know we were introduced to me as uh, Cookie Dough's Grand Duchess 38. So, my B, uh, Cookie Dough is my drag character, and it happens that I was a Grand Duchess 38 of San Francisco, which is a whole different uh, part of drag and a whole different... Um, uh, part of what I have done and what what you know that's a big fundraising organization, the Ducal Council of San Francisco. So I kind of don't want to mislead um, listeners as to oh I am Cookie Dough Grand Duchess Thirty Eight. That's not how I bill myself uh, or promote myself, um, but it is a big part of my life that um, I was I'm grateful and glad to be part of, which um, which I still continue to do fundraising uh, under that moniker under the Grand Ducal Council. Um, so, uh, one thing I want to address too, don't you find that, I mean, the like drag also is something that's just bigger than life. That It's not like you're trying to impersonate a woman (laughs) or so, because I think, I mean, even you think even celebrities such as say Lady Gaga, Madonna, Nicki Minaj, they're all exaggerated. So like, it's not like they're, they're dressing like just straight up women. It's like these performance, iconic, theatrical looks that they present to the public are personas of themselves. So I think it's an exaggerated version that's just an essence of them, but like to like another level. And it's and a so, lot of work too. I mean, so I don't... that too. A lot of, at our show too, we have women that are doing female dress. You know, they're mm-hmm. still like dressed as female, but it's so exaggerated and over the top. They're kind of, la- they're labeled faux queens, which so is like, sort of a San like Francisco thing. being something that you're not. You yeah. Know, so it's like taking, like you're not just going up there as yourself. Well, yeah. So it'd be like women dressing in drag are kind of labeled faux queens. Then you have girls dressing in male drag, which are drag kings. Okay. Um, you could dress as a guy, but like something so exaggerated. Well, that would be like, a faux king. Yeah. So. Well, it's like you know, when sometimes we go dress like cowboys, I always call it our cowboy drag. Yeah, right. exactly. Mm-hmm. Because we're not cowboys. Right. And, you know, I actually got. My cowboy drag from going to gay bars. So, right. Or look fun. at Folsom yeah, Street. That's all drag. You yeah, know, yeah. they're drag, coming yeah. in and they're all out there in these costumes, and you know, it's just. Well, there are times where I want to do like male songs. Like I'll do, I'll do male songs in drag, depending on the song. But then I do have like a character I've played with over the years named Jack Shit, and it's uh, my drag king name. So he's, you know, so that's something I've done also. But Cookie Dough's kind of what's made more of a name and money recognition. But I remember when, when we did the show at Rebel with you, mm-hmm. you guys, and we were, we were trying to figure out how we were going to do our dress and thing, and you're like, oh, no, no, don't even try and be drag queens. Right. Be men in dresses. Yeah. I was like, okay, we can pull that off. Yeah. Because you're, you're like, yeah, it's, drag queen's a whole other step. Yeah. And I knew we weren't there. Well, and, it, it, was, it was fun to see it, too, because... You know, being, you know, punk rockabilly band or however uh, the style you guys play so hard and fast and loud that it would be funny to see like full on drag. But the whole, you know, sweating off the makeup and the hair wouldn't stay together and, the you know. Not for lack of trying. Not for lack Mm -hmm. of trying. But, uh, you know, it was just kind of funny to see skirts popping and riding up and 
uh, you know, underwear showing, and uh, it was it was fun. Yeah, we, we we didn't pull off the tube skirts quite as well as I was hoping. But, it worked, but it was great. But it was fun. No, I was I have to say it was it was uh, really fun. And somebody said to me about you know he was talking about drag, and I, it made me think about because you know like our music is is rather serious and heavy heavy themes and stuff, and taking something serious but making it playful and fun mm-hmm. and, and and lightening it up and and taking the gravity out of it mm-hmm. and it really it does i mean you guys add that to a lot of the things that you do well yeah because it's you want to have fun i mean there's uh it, it, that's the same thing with our show you know today i got a phone call from the manager and i had a um a person covering uh, my door and i guess you know sometimes people's um approach at things and their first impression uh, could be off-putting or unwelcoming or uninviting. So I guess a couple people had said, oh, you know, I came to the bar the other night and you're, the door person was really kind of unapproachable and kind of rude. And so I got a call from the manager about that. And, you know, the big thing is, is um, it could have been something simple as, you know, oh, we're, you know, we're having a drag show tonight. And then maybe the customer was didn't like that Mm -hmm. you know whatever it was but i want to make sure that whenever you come to our show or you come to party at our night that it's it's fun you have a good time yeah yeah and it was nothing against you know my door person it was just who knows it was you know who knows what the situation it's only happened twice in a little over two years and it was it was always somebody who was a fill-in door person so you never know uh but, but always always got to have fun. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, you go out to a bar, you go out to drink, you go out to party, you want to have a good time. But also, if you're coming to see a show and you're coming to enjoy your evening, you want people to... And that's the thing, even with the shows, like, we can't take it too seriously. I mean, the the presentation of it, it has to... And it, we try to create the entertainment value, and we think that even if, like, some people want to... I mean, you look and you're, like, creating art, and you want people to appreciate it. Like art site, your art has to have um, be accessible, I think, to yeah. an audience. And you got to remember the entertainment value. So you're providing entertainment, you know. And so if you're taking it too seriously and it's like, oh my God, I think, you know, we can't just be focused on like we're creating it for ourselves. We got to think of the audience, like what what are we trying to convey to them? And well, we have to like it too, because right. if you if we don't like it or don't feel comfortable, a lot of times too, when we're bouncing ideas off of, and especially like you'll have an idea for me and I don't feel comfortable doing it or I don't know the song. There's been times where I've done a song I don't know the lyrics to and I've tried to learn it and the lip sync sucks. Or I'll try to do something and the stage isn't big enough or something like that. There's times where I have to say, no, I can't do this. This is not, it's either not me, you know, my character, or I don't know the song well enough even to try to learn it, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, because there's sometimes I can learn a song and, you know, I can lip sync it in the, you know, the next day or whatever, whatever the hook is, it works. But then there's other times where, you know, it, it, for whatever reason, the song does not stick, or I think I know the song and I get up there. And this happened with a Missy Elliott night. We did we did Missy Elliott, Lil Kim, and Nicki Minaj, and so it was a great you know fun show and you know the whole hip hop rap thing. And I swear I knew "Work It" by Missy Elliott, but 
the words that were coming out of my mouth were not the words that were coming out of the speakers. So oh, uh, <clears throat> trust me, I'm a singer. I know the exact experience. I <laughs> I was singing. It seems a little more important. Well, cookies are rocker at heart, so everything is more yeah. Yeah, rock, well, rock genre, and roll. I could you know, do like, you know. Stevie Nicks and all. Like oh, yeah. those. Yeah, all that. I mean, well, that's the whole thing. It's like I can pull out a rock catalog and know all the words, but you know, sometimes getting out of your element can be a little little different. A little more difficult, but um, so he yeah. tries to please me and then make calls, and then other performers will end up doing the numbers that I and they're great. Like, actually, so I just saw somebody do work it at a friend of our show, and she nailed it every word. And I just turned to my friend, I said, See, I'm never doing that song again because you see people that can do it, you see people that uh, that's their that's their scope, that's in their genre. And I love you know, I love you know. Uh, a lot of the, you know, like Shaka Khan and, you know, uh, Nicki Minaj and uh, Donna Summer, Diana Ross. I mean, I love a lot of the old school R&B, you know, rap, hip hop or soul. Mm-hmm. You know, Gladys Knight, I'm a huge Motown fan, but I love my Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and Ramones and, you know, Stevie Nicks and Pretenders and all that, you know, ACDC and Black Sabbath. What's one of the things I, if anybody listening has ever been to a San Francisco rock show, one of the consistent things about a San Francisco rock show is that generally the crowd stands there and watches the band. It doesn't matter how fantastic the band is or how exciting it is, the crowd is just too cool. Right. And I've heard touring bands complain about coming to San Francisco, actually complaining about, oh, the crowd just stood there. We rocked our asses off and they just stood there. And that's one of the things I like about your shows, too, because that's not even possible at your show because it's a show. Yeah. And there's so many layers to it that, I mean, everything from the, 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 the DJing and the, the atmosphere you create between the bands, between the performers, to the, the performers themselves, to the bands, there's, there's an energy that happens that I find people cut loose at your shows in a way that, and have fun in a way that I don't see happening at a regular rock show either. Well, that's what we try, you know, that's what makes it work for us. You know, after we got to know each other and, you know, became a couple, it's like we we work out, like, we're both Scorpios. I'm so outgoing and extroverted. He's more, you know, quiet and, you know, techie and introverted. But yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, when he's behind a couple turntables, uh, you know, it, it he just like, it blows up. And so... When we wanted to do the show, which we're in our ninth year, um, outside our regular weekly show, but when we do anything else too, like any one-offs, uh, it, it's got to be from beginning to end that you know people come in, <clears throat> and you know his, his main genre, of course, is is house or you know hip hop. Well, I like or, Aretha. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. But I mean, but but like with the whole beat matching and and he can get a dance floor that won't stop. Um, but even when we do like rock nights, you know, he'll find those. I mean, nowadays you can get any, you know, mix. I mean, it depends if they're good or not, but uh, any anything that will fit for the theme of the night. And so once the people walk in the door, it's a party atmosphere, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and that's what makes, you know, you, you know, that's what makes it good because I try to, you know, have the other queens, you know, hanging out with their friends, which they usually are. It's hard for me sometimes to to get out there and mingle with the audience just before a show because either I'm in 
whatever outfit or costume I'm going to be in as my performance number. So I don't want to, you know, give away any reveals. Um, but once the show starts, you know, I engage with the audience, but MC2 is, is, you know, the DJ and just gets the people going. And, and then even afterwards, I mean, a lot of times, and, and this is very San Francisco too. And speaking of the, you know, like the audience standing there, just staring at a rock band, you know, rocking out as soon as a show ends, a lot of times in the city, the place clears out and it, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter if it's a Friday, a Saturday, uh, or a you know a weeknight. I mean, our show's on Thursday, and you know it depends. If it's a holiday night, more people will stay out, or for whatever reason. But uh, there's a good chance that you know seventy percent of the audience will leave when the show's over, which of course is a great testament because they're coming out to see us and see our show. But definitely, we create a great party uh, vibe. And and again, like I said before, with uh, when you step into the show or the bar, right? When you walk in and the front door, uh, the security and or the door person, the first thing you should feel is a welcoming, you know. And if people are assholes, I'll call them out. I mean, I've only had to do it once, but I had somebody thrown out a few months ago only because it was so crowded that uh, people were bumping into each other mm -hmm. and this person was angry that he was getting bumped into. So it's almost like being on a crowded bus. Where else are you going to go? You know, yeah. this yeah. is it. You're going to get bumped into. But instead, you know, so there was almost some fisticuffs going. And so I happened to see it from across the room and it was sort of near the stage. So I went over and tried to, you know, diffuse the situation. And, you know, they, I did... And so the one group of people, they just turned around and said, let's just have a good time. We're here to party. Let's enjoy. So I stood there between them. We watched the performance. The one group was fine. And I just happened to turn around and the guy was still going. He was like sh shaking his beer and pointing and cussing and just like really trying to egg on this person. And I'm like, you're not having a good time. And you're trying to make everybody around you have a, a lousy time too. So out he went and uh, you know so but I don't like I don't like that because it's you, you know you never want to be known that oh I can't go there and have a good time because right. I'm going to get thrown out but you know you have the option too of not being an asshole you know or a dickhead we can cuss right yeah. oh I, I think I did already so I, I think I already raised the bar on that one too uh, I was like oh my god yeah because on, on stage I'm a very 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 filthy potty mouth whore <laughs> that's a, one of the bartenders he, he it's it, it it's not the show until Cookie becomes the potty mouth whore well I, I think it's it's interesting you were talking about you know this guy becoming kind of aggressive and everything and again you know the image that people have of drag queens is being kind of you know there's all these this mythology yet yeah, you actually have Hell's Angels in your family. So, I mean, you've been around people who are actually tough. Yeah. And people who don't take shit. So, it's like, you know, it's it's a whole different thing, too. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, I've always been going. Well, one thing I want to add, too, but you, we got to think, even though we're doing this in San Francisco, there is still people that don't accept, like, the culture. And, I mean, we've had, oh, like, yeah. we're... We finished the show, and you were outside, and someone Cookie got AIDS. I got oh, AIDS, like right out, right from the monster show, and someone wow. like a car, like faggot, and, out in and front then, of the bar, and like in, in the San Castro, yeah. in San Francisco, yes. in the Castro, in, the Castro. And then, in my um, Cinderella dress. Well, they'll be coming once they get out of the closet so in a couple of years. Though, they'll be pelted, coming to see the show. You realize that, right? Yes, pelted with eggs. There was like four wow. of them in the car, and then so there was two cars. I know one of them was going to be a 
be a big cocksucker. Well, at least one. <laughs> at least he's one. probably already doing it. He just hasn't come out about it yet. Right. Yeah, I got. We were doing a Disney night. You uh, got cut too. It was like princesses. Eggs, like, yeah, it hit me oh hard enough that it gave me a welt and a little shell it must bleeding. have cut it. But uh, it, I mean, the thing is, is it was it was comical, but yet. The more I thought about it, the more the violation of, you know, of standing there in not, not only my community, but in my hometown that I grew yeah. up in, in my city and out having a good time that, you know, yeah, I know there's, you know, gay bashing out there and, and whatever, racism, you know, prejudice, all that's out there. But when it when it happens right there on your own turf after a great night, and like I said, we were doing a Disney princesses night, and I'm standing there. It was that's the funny part is I was this, dressed as Cinderella. This is this is cookie because <laughs> it was the first time that you wore the dress, and I was like, my dress is ruined. No, well, <laughs> you're bleeding. All that. No, no, I was like my dress. Well, yeah, that was but after. I mean, like, that was the thing. That's all. They were. They're probably lucky you weren't playing like the Wicked Witch from Oz, and which we did last week was our thing. Yeah, but, send, uh, send yeah. the flying monkeys after him or something. Well, they drove by. They're like faggot, and of course I'm all like, "Fuck you, motherfucker!" You know, and then they drove back around, and all of a sudden, whack! I, I, it kind of scared me at first because it hit so hard. I'm like, "Ah, oh, this guy's got a good arm." Uh, that it hurt. I mean, because it hurt. Because, you know, like, bam. And then they threw another one. But the, it was really cool because a security guy jumped in front and was like, oh, my hero. And he got smacked with an egg. But, you know. you but know. These are, and I want to say, oh, after uh, that, no, I just want to say, yeah. like my concept too, these are the things when we're coming up with themes and I'm like, okay, this is what you're going to do and this is where, it's like, uh-uh. But I was like, what? okay, you're going to do, we're doing the, it's everything Oz, right? So, you're going to do Somewhere Over the Rainbow in prison, like with the cast of characters <laughs> from Oz, you know, and it's going to be like, um, with Dark Side of the Moon playing, you know, all that. <laughs> we're going to merge all of it. Well, no, know, I would have. I just, thing, I just never like, saw the series Oz, but it's a great idea. But that, then that's another thing, too, when we come up with creativity, uh, when we get creative. Because I go way off over here. I don't mind. Then, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, but but I don't know the series Oz, and I just hadn't had time to research it. And I think it's a great idea, but I just, you know, sometimes, I mean, that's the problem, too, is like, we both, I mean, he DJs elsewhere as well, and I'm also doing other drag stuff. And so sometimes, you know, when you're doing a weekly show, you got to come up with ideas, you know, and numbers. And there's been times where if I have a full show booked with enough queens, I just won't do a performance. Like, I'll, mm. I'll host, right. you know. And and that's fine. I mean, because you know, I can run the show and it's fun. Um, but then there are people that have come up to me over over the time, who have said, "Oh, you know, aren't you going to do a number?" Or, you know, and I forget. And and again, that's where my ego. I try to keep it in check. Is I forget that people are there to see me. You know, it's my show and they're there to or you know our show. But I mean, they're coming to see me perform, and I forget that. You know, it's like, because I'm so, sometimes my, you know, humility and being very humbled by it, it's like, well, I think they're just here to see the show, but, you know, uh, so I try to make sure I do a, a number every week, but something I learned a long time ago from a good friend of mine, you know, Hecklina, who runs Tranny Shack, mm -hmm. is, um, and we've been friends for like 10 years, and I do Tranny Shack all the time, and MC2 DJs there all the time. Uh, people is, who don't know Tranny Shack is uh, just massive. I mean, yeah, it, the tra uh, Tranny Shack was a weekly club on Tuesday nights at the Stud at midnight for 14 years, and for a Tuesday night midnight show south of Market to sustain 
and and have the world renowned uh, uh, following that it has is pretty amazing. And now uh, they do quarterly or maybe every two months at the DNA Lounge. Um, and then they're just finished a share night. So there's like a share night and then there's a Madonna night that just happened over Memorial weekend, which is like a huge uh, evening, usually about 1,200 people uh, go to DNA. But but one thing Heclina told me, and we do work together on a lot of different things, is do, you know don't get up on stage, not just for me, but mm-hmm. in general. Don't get on stage to do a number just to do it. Oh, yeah. You know, and so that's... So that's the part where you have to really think of the entertainment value. You can't be self-indulgent and just do it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, like there's been many times where I've done the same number like over the years, not only because it's either a good number, but it was received well and it'll fit with the theme and it's fun and... You know, so so coming up with that every week, you know, it's you know, it's I try to do that. But back to the the Oz night, what we did was is we did the Land of Oz and Night in the Emerald City because um, we we did a sp- a spoof uh, of Wicked, The Wizard of Oz, and The Wiz. So that kind of you know people love that mm-hmm. you know, and so but what I did was is I did um, Ozzy Osbourne's Over the Mountain as Dorothy. <laughs> So, you know, because you figure over he the was mountain. Doing the, uh, I thought you, you know. were going to do the Caucasian remake of The Wiz. Tell your joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. actually funny. He's like, they're going to do a, 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 a wa- an all-white version uh, remake of The Wiz called G-Wiz. <laughs> it's funny, but you got to say, you got to punch it. You got to punch it, yeah. You got to punch it. You got to tell your jokes. Don't, don't yeah. stumble. So how did you guys decide to actually, I mean, where did the spark come that actually caused the, because you guys have been working together for a long time now and yeah, 12 worked years. really well together and, but what, what kind of pulled you together? When we first met, we, uh, we just were hanging out as friends, but then we found ourselves spending hours talking about movies and music, music. and just the same kind of pop culture. And we realized, you know, like I grew up here in San Francisco, Michael grew up in Hawaii, and uh, we shared the same almost parallel uh, upbringing in the movies we saw growing up. Uh, and I met the someone music. else that had a turntable. And, he met, and I had a turntable. <laughs> Two turntables and, and a mixer. Yeah. And I was like, you know, it's like, like I collected whoa, vinyl and he this, collected, yeah. yeah. That was it too. It was like I came into your house and was like, vinyl? Yeah. <laughs> And so we just sat, we spent hours talking, and, and and really it was just like a friendship. And then um, and, and then he hobbled me. Yeah. So then I, I was this uh, I was doing this social uh, group thing, and got people together. It was around uh, December, November yeah. of the whatever year two thousand, and uh, we were I put this group together to go ice skating down at the Embarcadero, and he had never ice skated. So we all went, and so I pulled him out onto the ice and kind of gave him a little push, and he fell and hurt his knee. And so I felt really bad because he had to take a couple of weeks off work. So I uh, would go to I had his... to get my kneecap. They had a, yeah, it was like all infected under that. And swollen. And uh-huh. So he was laid up for a couple of weeks. So, so that's I, what happens when you take a boy from Hawaii and put him on ice, though. I mean, it's... Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then he came over every night. <laughs> Should give him a surfboard and put him out there. That would have been fine. Yeah, so I just went over every night and uh, brought him like ice cream and then, you know, and just came over and we hung out, watched movies and and then just kind of fell for each other. And then, uh, 
then he moved in. It was like lesbians. Aww. You know. You meet and you pull the U-Haul up. No. I was, I, I was going to go to the U-Haul, on, but I, I was On New Year's Eve. Yeah, I kind of proposed it New Year's Eve. Well, the thing, what I said was, we were out at a New Year's Eve dance, and I just told myself, you know, because I had been in a nine-year relationship not too long before, and he had been in a long-term relationship not too long before. And so I thought, well, I'm going to say I love you, and if he says it back, then yay. If not, I have a new friend. That was like my thinking, you know, because right. I because I didn't want to like, you know, just put it out there like, okay, I'm going to get this relationship and I'm going to make it happen and blah, 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 because it would have been a, just as a great of a friendship, you know. And so, uh, so I said, I love you at midnight and he said it back and there you go. And then we just started working. Like then I started doing a lot of fundraising and then, you know, he started DJing for the, for fundraisers and we just kind of started working together that way and then just kind of built from there and, and, you know, then all of a sudden I'm a drag queen and he's a DJ. And there you have it. There you have and it. Yeah, because I remember when you guys got together and it's been over the years just watching you, you grow into this, you know, into this, this really a scene Yeah, has grown out of your relationship, which has been really amazing to see. Well, the cool thing well, too. We love too is how even like we thought like creating the monster show and, and, it was actually going to be called like it was like Cookie Monster. Well, show, it was it was Unleash Your Monster with Cookie Dough, and then the Cookie and the Monster were going to cross. So it was going to be like Cookie Monster, but you but know, then we were told that you don't mess with the Muppets and. Well, plus it was just <laughs> plus it was the <laughs> like, name of your show. <laughs> <laughs> Muppets and Disney. I love that. That's what it is. Yeah. It really sums up like, certain things you just don't mess with. You don't, it's, right? It's not the tea party. It's the Muppets. Damn it! Yeah. Right. Well, plus it was just such a long title, Unleash Your Monster with Cookie Dough, and it's like. You know, so then it just kind of shortened to the monster show with Cookie Dough and DJ MC2. But yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the gist of it. And yeah, and it was pretty successful from the beginning. We um, started at Harvey's in the Castro, Harvey's Bar and Restaurant, and um, on Saturdays twice a month. And it's going on nine years now. Yeah, we made that mistake, you know, when, uh, well, there was a new manager, and I think he... He didn't really want a drag show there. Not, I mean, he was a nice guy and stuff, but you know how when you don't feel welcome? It was, mm-hmm. it was a restaurant. It was so a restaurant, yeah. And kind of, we're kind of invading a restaurant space, and then it'd be like... Well, I remember your shows. It would, it was the re- it would no longer be a restaurant. It was just this right. packed club. Yeah, and yeah. It was, lasers. <laughs> yeah, people, it was, people were all the way out on the sidewalk yeah. looking at it. it was, oh, it was a party. It was, it was an event. I mean, yeah. It was, and for people who don't know, that that was the old Elephant Bar, wasn't the elephant it? Walking. That was during the, the Harvey 70s, Milk, when Harvey yeah. Milk died. That was that Sylvester. Was, and that was the, the corner on 18th mm-hmm. and the Castro. That the got, heart of the Castro. That, those windows got trashed during the riots right. with the police. Um, and there was, was a huge history right in that corner, yeah. too. Yeah, and we were really lucky that it, that it happened for us. And again, actually, Hecklina was uh, you know, doing Tranny Shack, but once in a while she would do an out, out of town or she was actually going to london and she was just doing extra shows to raise money for the queens to go to london and we had wanted to do a show we were doing a, a show at martuni i just i love the way that sounds for the queens to go to london for the queens yes, yes the queens to go to london yeah uh but we were actually doing a show at uh martuni's a monthly show called cookie after dark which my at dusk my idea yeah if it was daylight saving times it'd be more like cookie at dusk but um, but we that was the idea of what we really wanted was what became the monster show because uh, 
you know, you're in a piano bar. But what the funny thing, how that evolved is, as I was doing some shows in Marin, and I remember this bar called Lily's, and I remember it had this cute little stage and you know a little back room, and then it became Martuni's. And so I just made a blind call, thinking it was still set up that way. Mm. And I just made a call to the owner and said, "Hey, I'd like to put a show in here." And he didn't know me from anybody, and so um, he said, "Sure, come on down." So we started doing a monthly show there. Um, then Harvey's happened because Hecklina was doing shows there, and I said, "Would you mind if I put a show in here?" And she said, "No." And she called the manager and put in a good word for me. And so that's how that happened. But but what developed from Martunis on Sundays was Trauma Flintstone, who was a another drag performer, amazing singer, m- musical director, just great. And then this other queen, Katya Smirnoff Sky, who's a sings very um, like a high uh, soprano. Uh-huh. Um, they and then there's other drag queen named Kelbasia who played the accordion. We all, um, she was Kilbasia the lunch lady. We all had a show every week on Sunday, like one once a month. So Kilbasia moved away. I stopped doing the show. But to, but to now, Trauma and Katya still run shows there on Sundays. Oh, okay. So it's one of those things where there wasn't any shows at Martuni's. There was no drag. There was nothing. But us being there created, you know, these great big, you know, events that happened there. And, uh, the uh, is we also wanted to focus on the monster show, and that's why we well, yeah, kind of like pulled away. Yeah, we pulled away, but but that was like when we realized too that the monster show wasn't going to happen in the back room of a piano bar. You know, it was like more lounge act. You know, but like Jason Brock, who was just on um, X Factor, he's done a show there. Ellen Green, who was in Sudden uh, Little Shop of Horrors, she, he played. She played. Uh, what's the the girl's name? In Little Shop of Horrors, the well, blonde girl. The, we got the beat of, oh, I forgot the, what was that band? The Go-Go's. The Go-Go's. Well, didn't one of the women from that do something with you at one point, too? Yeah, she did. And then Honey Mahogany, who's on Ru- RuPaul's Drag Race. Well, Jane, uh, Jane Weedland and mm-hmm. Gina Shock both live in San Francisco okay. from the Go-Go's. Uh, Gina lives over in um, Bernal Heights, and um, Jane lives in the Castro. And, and actually, Hecklene and I, we do a live drag version of the Golden Girls every winter, every Christmas. And Jane Weedland of the Go-Go's was in the show with us a couple of years ago. She played, I play Sophia, and she played Sophia's sister, Angela, okay. who in the series was played by Nancy Walker from Macmillan and Wife and Murder by Death, which is one of my favorite Neil Simon movies. But yeah, Jane, Jane's really sweet. And Rhoda, yeah. Who Rhoda we may be losing soon. Valerie Harper's mm-hmm. diagnosed yeah, with that. Um, she may be gone by the time this is on. <laughs> but but yeah, uh, Jane's really sweet. And uh, yeah, it's kind of cool to like actually, here's a band that I remember buying the 45 of Our Lips Are Sealed back when it came out in 81. Oh, you just have to pinch yourself. And then like, I'm oh my God, is this working with her and yeah. she's really sweet. You know, I mean, it's that's been kind of the cool thing is, is like, like when I look in my cell phone and I see like some of the people Cookie has met and worked with, I'm like, okay, I have Julie Brown who did Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun. And it's like, oh, I've talked with her and I've been on the stage with her and Tommy Lee from Motley Crue. And, uh, you know, I went to a, I took him and his girlfriend Sophie to a drag show and then he was in town and was going to come to our show. But then 
you know, he was touring with Kiss and uh, anyway, they had to, their flight was leaving too early. And so it's like really kind of strange, like with all the multimedia and um, social media, you know, it's like, it's kind of cool that, you know, so-and-so follows you on Twitter and, you know, mm-hmm. so-and-so is your friend on Facebook. And then, you know, but, but to actually kind of work with these people and, and meet them. And then it's almost like when I was first doing drag, um, meeting the local drag queen celebrities and, and Heckling and I kind of talked about this too, because it's like, it's so exciting when, you know, like, uh, you know, you work with like Lady Bunny and I think Lady Bunny's hilarious. Then it's like, oh yeah, I know who Lady Bunny is. She's great. You know, she's fun, but it's, you know, or Heckling or Peaches Christ. It's like, these are great friends, but now they're, they're just friends. And I don't mm-hmm. mean, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't mean you don't think just of them friends. As, as the persona you think of them as your friends. There yeah. you go. Thank okay. you. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's, you know, cause I don't want it to come across like, oh, it's just so, you know, it's like, no, cause you know, Heclina lives in the same building. We have dinner every week almost, you yeah, know. Dear friends. Yeah. Well, thing, I like Heclina. Yeah. That you were talking about, it made me think of too, is the, the diversity that your show attracts in the sense that, remember when, when Fleet Week was happening, you had <laughs> pictures of like all these Navy boys coming in and getting down with the show. Right. Well, we've been really lucky with, with what we do. Now, granted, there's been times, you know, I did, a, I did something uh, and it, it kind of segues into the whole RuPaul genre that we're in now the whole drag thing with the rupaul girls um they're huge they're huge now i don't know if it's because they're on television or if they have a certain look and you know it's it's almost like you resist for so long to uh to work and do that because part of it is is like no i'm too edgy i'm too rock and roll i'm too uh you know uh performance art to be that mainstream pretty glamour drag queen you know but then you know and then it's like ah you're just blowing i'm blowing smoke up my own ass it's like no you know it's just this is where the younger queens this is what they're learning this is what they see but you San know. Francisco has such an amazing tradition too. I mean, if you think mm-hmm. back, even like the Cockettes, right? And they're still is, doing stuff. Yeah. There, there's, there was just this. There's a, a freedom of expression that right. happens here that doesn't happen in a lot of places too. Yeah. I, I don't think that we we don't tend to, to to go in for the slick as much as the creative. Right. And if it's creative yeah. and slick, that's even better. And I've met some of the RuPaul girls, and they are amazing. There's some like a few of them have been the sweetest. You know, lucky because. You know, they were able to be on television and now they can get paid for their art, you know, for what they do. And some of them are pretty amazing. Yeah, but I also know, you know, two dozen San Francisco queens that are just as amazing. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are some queens in San Francisco, you know, um, Mercedes Monroe, Suppository Spelling, you know, Miss Ronnie, Malay, Beyonce, Heclina, Heclina. Uh, but but I mean, like the ones Peaches. that, but I mean, like the ones that do those big like dance, like Grace Towers is this new queen on the scene. Who is a big guy that did the thing? Glitterella. Glitterella. Glitterella oh God, is amazing. Was... I mean, he's like a, I call him a human disco ball. You know, he's you know a huge queen. You know, in size. Loves his Marilyn Manson, loves his garbage, loves his, you know, you know, rock and roll. And, you know, he comes with no wig, but, a, but his hair will be, you know, dyed bright orange with this teeny little hat. And for like our I Want My MTV show, 
Yeah, his MTV partner hat. made a little MTV logo hat, logo hat <laughs> on top of this, you know, this like huge glued queen to his head. with these kiss-sized boots and, you know, um, and a shimmery dress. And, you know, and then he gets and up. And a beard. And, yeah, and a beard. And he gets up and lip syncs, you know, sweet dreams are made of this. And something. then he gets off stage and he's a teddy bear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's was, an angel. I met yeah. some... You know, and yeah, so and so that's another you know queen, and I mean, like I said, I can just you know go down I the know list. What I, what I love about him, uh, he's the one that needs the volume not cranked to ten, but cranked to eleven. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> it's way up. It's like, well, so you, well the thing too, it's like, and that's what we discovered in the bar in the edge that we do our show is the acoustics not the best, and he just reminded me or realized there's really no bass, there's no subwoofers, and part of that is is it's below apartments. So, you know, when you're in a bar as opposed to a club, yeah. you have, it's a whole different sound, but the owners have been so good to us, and, you know, of course they know we bring in business, yeah. you know, every week, so of course you want to, you know, you want to, like, I want to be respectful to the bar because it gives us a place to do a show, make a little money, have an, a creative outlet, but they also are making money from us doing that. So you kind of, you know, you make sure to wash each other's hands by, or back, whatever the term is, um, wash your hands after going to the bathroom, that's it. Uh, but you want to look out for each other. But when I ask them... you going scratch your back or... Yeah, 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 scratch, yeah. So wash your back. I wash mean, your back. You know, yeah, yeah. Really, just wipe your ass. That's take all it to a whole other level. You know, that's that's yeah. just uh, yeah. Just don't don't shave each other's backs. You know, shake when you're done. Yeah, uh, but but like with the sound thing, where the speakers were situated in the bar, they weren't really facing the stage well enough to where when you're lip syncing, you do need the volume at you. It's like yeah. a monitor when you're jamming. Oh yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, and so I asked him. I said, Hey, can we get like an audio monitor? Just something as simple as. A, a, an audio monitor facing the stage that I can control on a separate volume. So when we're lip syncing, we could have, you know, the the tunes towards us, especially for any slow, slower music or if dialogue is in your number, you know, because there's nothing worse than getting up and not being able to hear. And this is what you're saying mm -hmm. with Glitterella. It's like myself too, is I need to have that volume at me, you know, well, and they've like done that. Spinning, it's great. So yeah. I need a, like a monitor. Those, that's something I like about your shows too. Though. There's something very punk rock about it because oh. it's got that kind of do-it-yourself DIY yeah. uh, sincerity to it. Yeah, and, and and but but also making sure that you know the queens put something together that they're going to either that they're going to come back. Like I want them back, and well, the audience wants them. They back. a lot you know of work into in, it. And early, like early in our, the like in the first year or so. Mm -hmm. We did a show. This is my one of my favorite things. We did this show called Psycho. No, no, no uh, freak, freak show. show. And like the ad campaign had like the the Crip Keeper. Yeah, it was a Crip Keeper at a box office. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. So it was this really creepy like ad that we had, and we had this huge like blow up of it in the window. This was at Harvey's. Yeah, and so everything was really weird. It was packed, crazy show, and then we had. Um, someone faux pas, was amazing, and she was doing this live marionette oh, thing, so and these good. people strung her like live. they pierced, like she pierced, pierced her, like she's pierced a pierce. her, like all like in her arms did these piercings, and then like oh, like wow. strung her up, yeah. and like and so there's like, the marionette stuff. behind her, like uh, like making her move her, and yeah. do the oh, wow. do the number. Well, after, like, during the number, I guess 
someone went up to the man there were um tourists from new york and they were like so appalled with what they were just witnessing <laughs> and so this is but this is how nice like we you know when we had this is like the first manager there that like had us there, like, got, got us there and then um well no kyle but, got so us. he went like he was over there like he said oh this is what i had to do i took them outside so i you know so gave them their money back but then took them outside and go okay look at this poster like where does this say mainstream like when you see something that's a freak show with a crypt keeper, a yeah. keeper like yeah what, i mean like, it, yeah. what, what were you expecting expect, you yeah. know like you're coming into a drag show with this as your like poster like well this is you not know? what we have in the yeah, you didn't walk into a starbucks mm -hmm. so yeah, they were expecting you know like mainstream you know like well they wanted beads and like, gowns beads and gowns and liza minnelli and all that's drag which we do as well you know, but it was just kind of funny that. Well, yeah. You know, here was this person being strung up, and it was like. Well, that's what I. This that's, is not drag. This is appalling. Well, that's <laughs> one thing too that we do, like. You know, for our shows, you know, like we've done like some we of our bigger for so it's, some of our bigger shows. Like we'll do a garbage and no doubt show, and it's packed. People love it, and you know Shirley Manson's amazing. You know, I mean, I love Gwen Stefani as well, but you know, you kind of have to pair up the two mm -hmm. bands. Like Christina Aguilera versus. Well, we did Christina Aguilera and Beyonce, and of course, that's for the pop songs. But we've done um, Liza Minnelli, Barbara Streisand, and Shirley Bassey, and wasn't sure how it would take off, and it was like another one of our biggest nights or dolly parton dolly parton of course because well everybody loves dolly. everybody loves dolly but um but even um we did one which i was really surprised that the three together didn't work which was robin joan jett and pink um it's not that it didn't work but and it kind of was heartbreaking that joan jett wasn't like the one people cheered most for yeah it was pink now pink's pretty amazing though i love her and She's we, very contemporary right now, though. Too. Right, right. And so, um, and then Robin is kind of very pop, you know, and kind of, you know, more uh, certain taste people, you know, not everybody yeah. likes Robin or listens to Robin. So, but we did a pink night, you know, after that, like, you know, eight, 10 months later, and it was huge, mm -hmm. you know. So it, it all depends. It's like, what, what artist are you going to do? You know that's gonna work, and we try not to do. I mean, we can't get too artsy in the Castro too. Yeah, we did. We yeah. even tried. It was funny. We did a David Lynch night, and this is funny too. Well, so that we was did. Years ago. So we did. You know, it was like a tribute to David Lynch. It was called Lynch Mob. You know, tribute to David Lynch, and then um, so it was like all oh, this like Twin Peaks, and you know so. What was it after the show? Someone came up to you and said that it was like, oh, the show was pretty cool, but who the hell is David Lynch? <laughs> <laughs> and so you got to think when you're playing to like people that are like 25 yeah. and 26, you know, and so we got to watch our references. Like, are we going to 80s? Is it too, you like, could do people today? Well, we, we, did. Did. we did a Quentin Tarantino night. That got too much after a while. Like, it was a cool concept. But then I was watching like the crowd because that's when we were at. We did it we at, did at the Midnight, Midnight Sun, so we had video and everything. I was looking at the crowd, so we were up in like a cockpit up mm -hmm. there, like looking straight down on the audience. So I could see midpoint where the crowd was just kind of like, because it was just like you guys were getting really gross. Well, it was, so, yeah, it's it just was gets a, more violent. It was a total violent. like. So a whole show that was just ended up being this huge bloodbath. Well, I was going to so, say, it, it, <laughs> but I couldn't imagine it being anything but a big bloodbath. Yeah, right, but so audience, so, so that's another thing. It's like, 
because it was packed too. It was a pretty crowded mm-hmm. show. So it was like a huge crowd. And then like at the halfway point, Did you like people started syrup? That had been kind of kinky, actually. Um, I used, I forgot what I think I you used real blood. No, I did not. No, not real blood, but oh. stage blood. Theater blood, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real, real blood. <laughs> just poured it on yeah. the house. Yeah, people get donations at the door. Yeah, I, we'll be giving it back later. Yeah, yeah. 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 Halfway but, uh, through, you could see where I, the audience turned. No, and it was like, well, they're just, oh my it's God, like they were too bombarded much. with it. it gets overwhelming. Then, at a certain but then point. it was that thing, too. It's like, okay, what do you expect when you're coming to a Quentin Tarantino night? Well, because, too, you know? I didn't want it to just be stuff he directed because, you know, you can only get so limited. So it was like stuff he produced. So people were doing stuff from Hostel okay. and from Dust to Dawn. And, you know, so. Reservoir so Dogs. Because well, I wanted to be like Quentin Dogs. Tarantino Disney or something. Right. You know, just take a, like, I, I, I could see that would make it oh, more. Well, yeah. Well, we've done um, so like blood use whipped cream or something, you know, just we, to like make the whole thing sillier. A little, yeah. And when people do that, I mean, we we, I mean, it's fun. I mean, we try not to do because it's every week you got to think of something. So you know, it's like I love doing tribute nights because you know it's almost like a you you've got the song you know the um, the songbook of that mm-hmm. artist, but then you don't want to bog yourself down with that too. So we've done stuff like. Um, TV sketch fest or viral video. So it'd be stuff like from Saturday Night Live or in Living Color and stuff on, you know, the internet. And that works. Or we've done Saturday morning cartoons. Which is, they love that. They love, I mean, which I thought was going to be a bomb. It was one of our friends, uh, Landa Lakes, her house of glitter hog is her drag family. Mm -hmm. They're called hogs. Um, And she said, let's do a, a Saturday morning cartoon. And I'm like, oh, it's going to bomb, but okay, let's try it. <laughs> and it was one of our, of course, most popular shows. So, yes, we're going to do that again, you know. What's your favorite thing you've ever done? Oh, jeez. That in, all together? Yeah, I mean, like, what was just, like, the most fun for I you? Think for you, it would be Mercury Rising. Well, for, oh, for Freddie is, like, my idol, Freddie Mercury. So we've done a queen night. But in terms of a performance, probably my carry number. I'd done a, a big, huge... Uh, the whole prom scene from Carrie and I play Carrie and we, I've done it many times um, with either the either glitter or small amounts of blood, but we've de- we did it at the um, DNA lounge two years ago for Halloween for tranny shack. And I used a gallon and a gallon and a half of blood uh, and did that's the, the whole thing bucket time, and everything. There's, all, there's no retake. So yeah, there's no, that, <laughs> it has to be Mark. Cut a few drips. Okay, yeah, that's where I have to stand. Yeah, no, it worked rigged the whole prom scene. But it, but yeah, I do. I play Carrie, and then when I do the whole looks. death scene, it's I do looks that kill from Motley Crue, mm-hmm. and then it goes into where she goes home and just after her mother stabs her, and Lady Bear plays the mom and does uh, Don't Cry Out Loud, and so it's this whole like nine minute epic. So is that both of your favorites though? Is that also, um, what is your favorite? What would yours be? You probably like, like my the, Exorcist number. I like Exorcist, and I like, um, I think Rihanna. That Rihanna. Oh yeah, yeah. I've done. I did uh, Rihanna by Fleetwood Mac. It's for the the, ver- version. the version from the Tusk tour, mm. which um, is because I saw I saw the Mirage tour, um, but. Back then, you know, in the 70s, when rock bands would play, they would just kind of freestyle or jam, you know, a two or three minute song and make it into eight minutes. But, it, it, you know, you know that it it's going somewhere and then mm-hmm. they wrap it back up. And so there's this amazing eight minute version of Rhiannon from the Tusk tour. And so 
uh, I what I want. I was like, how? What can I do with the song? Because I've always wanted to do Rhiannon, and so I created. Um, so I was like a Stevie Nicks, and then during the instrumental, I had this huge cauldron on stage. And so I had uh, like I was I had all these warlocks around me, and so during the instrumental, kind of had fog coming, and then we were putting pieces like a boot and a shawl and a wig and a hand with a tambourine. So I was putting pieces of Stevie Nicks into this cauldron, and then as it starts, <laughs> the lyrics start back up. I had somebody who was smaller than me. Her name's Chilfelta Fish. She's really sweet, this little Jewish drag queen, and had her dressed identical to me. Um, so she was like, I created a mini Stevie. Mix. That's awesome. And, that and then so she comes out of the cauldron and we're dressed, wig, everything down to the boots um, to identical boom mic stands with the wow. you know, stuff on it. And then we wrap up the number um, as like, so I created my little mini Stevie Nicks. And that's a pretty amazing number. Yeah. Visually, because it's just, it was just one of those that just everything worked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what would be probably the the craziest thing that ever went wrong then? Because there's always those, you know, you know how in live stuff there's yeah you plan, you plan, you plan. Oh wait, I got to. It can't go wrong. It will, but there's always these epic things that go wrong. Right. That just are so amazing that they somehow they're right. There's a lot of little things that happen. But this this is a big major one. For me? Well, no, not for. It's it's with the show. Okay, it's with the show. This is like one of those things where. It came to a point where we, we outgrew Harvey's and it was just one of those things and then yeah. like we had a manager. But it was like, okay, it was just too crazy in there um, and an opportunity came to go to... Um, it's when it was the old expansion, the Met- which was, is now it was the Blackbird. Metro. So the Metro, which okay, is now is. Lookout, the Metro became where expansion was down by church and market i think i yeah i kind yeah, of have okay. an idea so, so lookout bought metro metro this opportunity came up to to move over the there now. and so so then we're kind of this cookies all excited because oh it had a big dressing room and we got all this space mm-hmm. and so they no longer have to dress in the kitchen you know, or not the, the side, station. Side, side station. <laughs> and so, um, two feet by two feet. So, we moved in. We're doing this big, it was Donna Summer Night, right? Yeah. So, it was like this huge Donna Summer Night. And even they contacted, she was in town and they contacted us. Yeah, I got tickets. And we got oh, tickets. So, they're like, oh, we want to like do a tie in. And, and they gave us free tickets to give away. And, wow. and so, it was like this huge thing, like this huge night for us. So, we got the posters, everything's coming in, we got tie in. And then we're at the thing, and, and you go over there. I went to go put more posters up. Make sure that they're all set with posters. And it's like, where are the posters for the show? And so this is like. So I went sh- in there, and they were I, all. I was on Saturday, and you went happened. in on like a Tuesday, yeah. the, the week of. And I was like, there was oh, nothing. Okay. About the show. Okay, we we're trying to tell you. Okay, I, I meant to call you, but <laughs> um, the, the entertainment commission came in, and they were wondering, like, is there a show? Is there a show here? And you're not like they didn't have a cabaret license, which we found out that week. Oh, and yeah. so people who don't know San Francisco, so, there are so many little rules and oh, restrictions because yeah. you need a don't you need a license if you know people are dancing? Oh yeah, like, or if you, you have a DJ, a, a DJ, have, well like, dancing too. Yeah, if I if you were to plug into I mean, a San Francisco mixer, is garbage police. Just so people listening even understand, there's people who actually check your trash. Oh yeah, yeah, so it's, it's crazy. As, as liberal and as open as we are, we can also be as crazy oh, and anal God. as 
Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, oh, we can't have a show here. And so we had a restaurant. It was like, oh my God. It's, and it was one of our big ones. It was a continuous mix show. So it was like a lot of work put into this huge like production number that was going to like, there was no stops. So every act went into each other like without a break. Well, the, what happened was, which was so actually up at, turned out where well, Rebel. which Rebel became, which Rebel came out of, was the Octavia Lounge across okay, the street okay. from Martuni's. And I, I knew the owner or something. I don't know how it happened. Yeah, from the, Somebody suggested from the, mix. from the mix. Yeah. So Larry, I just said, look. I need to put a show. Oh, we were going to go to the mix, and then he suggested right. Well, because they were they closed Octavia to remodel, and uh, so they were going to open it for that night only, which they did. Oh, they so they opened it great. for us, and we had. Then we put the show and, on. Yeah, and it was and it was packed. It was like, and luckily, I'll everybody never, showed up. I'll never not check on licenses. And <laughs> yeah, so that's so that, so like that. something that everything can go wrong. It was like we learned a big business. But we've had a few of those. But, you know, that that is what so. happens. Is, in production yeah. is, is even if you think you've got every base covered there's always that one little thing well what happened yeah. was is the night and of the, the show, show Saturday the, the, yeah, the <laughs> so, so that's, that's what's really incredible I guess ABC had showed up to the bar and you know we had our huge posters that says you know tonight the monster show blah blah and I guess they said well do you have a show that is regular here and the guy the bartender who's they were all trying to be protective he says no and he goes well what's that big you know when it was literally an eight by six foot sign yeah. i mean it was a huge window sign and he goes well why is that up and he's like oh i don't know so it was kind of, it's like when you're trying to play stupid to it was them. hilarious but but anyway the owners they you know they meant they meant well but they had you know they had owned the cinch at one time and they were in their 70s they were ready to retire and move and yeah, you know, they they like to you know sling back a few whiskeys, and it was just one of those things like at you know, noon, right? Oh, at eight a.m. <laughs> but it was just one of those like, God, dudes, you should could you have let me know four days ago? I mean, but again, it was one of those where luckily out. people uh, yeah. know us and like yeah. us. And, we're so lucky. Yeah, yeah. people were very accommodating. So, and, and even was, another friend put us in another place. You know, where it wasn't a good fit for it. But well, it was but, a Monday night at Underground SF, and SIP is great, but. It just didn't work out because it was great because it was two blocks from our house. But yeah, Monday to, to nights, bring the whole castle crowd yeah. on Monday that from a Saturday night club to a Monday. No, but like to transport it to like another area. So we bounced yeah. around. I mean, we always made sure to do street fairs. We always try to keep the show in the Castro of mm-hmm. at, in under some form. So then that way, it's like we still have always been a Castro show. You know, it's like so we we still like are the longest running so drag we're show. Really the grateful trail. for the edge, you know. Yeah, because the edge the, just. Like, uh, I, I talked with Gary Virginia and then Terry Penn, who was the manager at the time, and you know, I again it was when I was Grand Duchess, and that's how that all tied in. And the edge has always been a, <clears throat> you know, like a in the leather community and community bar. And the new owners bought it and they loved us, oh, yeah. and so they're great. We've been there and over two years now about two and a half years and couldn't be happier and you guys give back a lot to the community i mean not just from entertainment but you, you do with fundraising and charity well, events yeah and- well with the fundraising for with my year as grand duchess we raised thirty seven thousand dollars for the community just us and then um for a minute we were at the uh, midnight sun because they own the midnight sun mm-hmm. and they were waiting for their sound permit so they said we could either go on hiatus or move the show 
down to the midnight sun and we're like we're not going on hiatus we just built the right. show for at that point a year and a half i'm not you know let's just move it they'll follow us a block away they did <clears throat> so what i did was though to keep the business at the edge because we had to be finished with uh any entertainment or microphone stuff by 10 o'clock we did um i did a weekly fundraiser for one hour and cookie bites. um called cookie bites and so for six months one hour a week for uh from 9 p.m to 10 p.m and we raised seven thousand dollars just for different wow. charities and this was like prior to the like and then you would go on and do the. Then I would, yeah. Then I'd already run. Then I'd run down or the street and do the show. Like, yeah, run down the street to go do but, our show. Yeah. So, so, but you know, it's like things have been good for us. Things have worked well. I know we don't have a lot of time because you do have a rehearsal to get to tonight. I even. have a rehearsal, and, and I did not want to cancel. So thank you. Well, for, thank you because I you know, I don't think people realize how much work goes in. I hope they do. From listening to this how much work actually goes into these events well and sometimes it's just like the number i'm going to rehearse for it's a three minute and 29 cent 29 second number but it's going to be at the dna so i'm like i cannot do a three minute song on that stage Which, what that so holds I about three thousand people or something i well it's now it'll probably hold about 1500 because they it's just opened three more beautiful, rooms beautiful beautiful yeah and it's going to yeah. be huge this night but um but i wanted to do this whole big piece around it so i added actually the rain from the song black sabbath by black sabbath gotta get the rock i needed to have the (laughs) i needed the rain in the beginning for part of the show and then um the ending is like a a screaming demon it's basically i'm doing a share number as spoof of sam raimi's drag me to hell and so (laughs) my uh my husband proposes to me in the rain and then the gypsy woman tells my fortune and then she's sleeping with my husband and then um i shoot her and then she comes back to life and her and her spirits they drag me to hell so that's what i'm going to rehearse and eight of us are getting together at a theater to do this and cool well a couple of things to wrap up then is uh if what would be if you had the resources the space What's your, do you have a dream show? Do you guys ever talk about a show that you really want to do that you just haven't found the right space for yet? Or well, you just haven't had access to everything you need to put it together? Well, we want to take Rebel Rock. I know for one thing. Yeah, our, the our, Rock Show. We want to do Rebel Rock, but that type of <clears> night. <throat> well, we call it the Monster show. show Rocks. The reason we call it Rebel Rocks We're is over there. we oh, wanted yeah. to, to give uh, recognition to the bar because you know we want to make sure people knew where it was. Right. And we weren't sure how... We were going to tag the monster show into it, but it would be the monster show. We want to do rocks. an annual, like, not Lollapalooza kind of thing, but like a showcase. Um, Live rock bands. Rock, rock scene and, and, and gay drag. and drag and all that and encompass all that in San Francisco and like have act after and act after act. That would be awesome. I, I got to yeah. say, that's the most it's... fun that I've ever had at a rock show. Well, it'll happen, and that's yeah. the problem. I mean, sometimes it's, sometimes it just, will happen when you you don't know. I mean, you open your eyes and all of a sudden, bam, there's the opportunity. And that's why I, you know, I want it to happen and we would still work towards it. But um, like, you're just waiting for all the pieces to fall into place. Um, so yeah, that would be definitely the Monster Show rocks, which would still keep the branding of the Monster Show out there. Yeah. But give it that rock and roll flavor because... Uh, well, you guys have such a good reputation that that's, that's a big part of it, too. Mm. 
and a reputation for fun. I mean, yeah, we just, work well together, and uh, we're pretty lucky. And thanks to us, as we see it as as it's just as this little itty bitty show in the Castro, but a lot of people know of it. Be like, oh yeah, yeah I, heard I mean, of it. it's so, it, like, and it's taken off even more this time around, and a lot of it too is learning different business aspects of it. You know, to make sure that you know it's not going to break you or cost you money, mm-hmm. and so like at least at this point, you know, it's able to like let's say you know pay some of the bills. You know, when when something you're doing that you love pays some of the bills, that's like a yay moment, and it's still fun. Yay! Oh, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, final question for both of you, and it's a lot of the Music Life Radio guests get this question, and I'd like. You both answers. What does music mean to you? Music to me is kind of it's part of your life. It's part of your uh, your soul, like you know, because it, it can trigger emotions. It uh, brings memories from when you may have first heard a song. Um, it's soothing. It's uh, yeah. It, 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 music is, is all encompassing. All encompassing. Quote Madonna. What music <laughs> makes <laughs> the people come together? Come quote together. Madonna. Hey, Mister DJ, put a record on. No, but no, but that's the thing too. Is I, I just think I, I feel the same way. I think, uh, like in my life, I've since I was a little kid, have been enveloped in music that it just means the world to me. So I couldn't imagine a world without it, you know. And and I'm pretty adaptable too. So I don't just stick with one genre. I mean, I just mm-hmm. love, like, I mean, I could listen to classical, jazz, um, club music, rock, yeah. you know. And I just, and I think there's something in every genre that just resonates. And I like, what I love about music, I, what, what I love artists that put their heart and soul into the project that they're doing. And I think that kind of gets, there's like, it's, imprinted into the like the the track you know it's like that no one like when you hear covers of great songs they're just not the same because i don't think it has that same passion Mm -hmm. and drive that the original artist put into creating that masterpiece you know and so people that cover like covers of great songs date they sound like that period that they were created but the originals are totally timeless you know and i think you know, and that's what I look for when I listen to a great track, you know. It's- yeah. And when I hear, when I say soothing, too, it's like it doesn't have to be, you know, Chardet or Enya. I mean, I could listen to Led Zeppelin or yeah, Aerosmith a whole lot of level, or a ACDC, whole lot of and it could be soothing because mm-hmm. it either brings back a memory and or, you know, it, it's that, that, that beat or that feeling mm-hmm. inside, you know, is what resonates with with me but uh, i love to like playing at dna and you got like all cultures and all walks yeah. of life and that's a great thing about a dance floor like like for me like you're creating this whole energy i like to create energy with my and that's what i even have on my things and i was like mc square is about like cultivating energy with beats yeah. you know and it's like and i love when you connect with the audience and you just get them in that zone where they're just like I, I, my goal is to get a crowd to lose themselves and not think about their worries and you know and just have fun for whether it be half an hour or an hour you know mm-hmm. on that floor you know and, it's like once you get it, them to that and it could also up. make you it can you could have debates on it because uh, like i mean i agree with everything you're saying but the thing with covers it's it's i disagree with that because if you listen to ann wilson do covers of led zeppelin 
you hear the passion in right, so her. So it's not that she hasn't, it's not that she didn't write that song because she's a great songwriter herself, but when she does cover Robert Plant or when she does sing, I hear the passion. And if you get the Dreamboat Annie live disc they did, she does a cover of um, uh, Love Rain Over Me by The Who and um, Goodbye Blue Sky by Pink Floyd and uh, Black Dog and by Zeppelin and Rock and Roll. And you can hear the passion in her voice, especially Love Rain Over Me. It's like... But then, know, so someone that does a cover would have to find that in them, right? Right. So, but but not just like do it right. just to do it, right? Exactly. So. Well, that's like Johnny Cash did a lot of covers, but I he love said her was just amazing. Yeah. But that, that was one of the things he he talked about. He said is I, I I do a lot of other other people's songs, but I make them Johnny Cash songs. Yeah, and you can hear that. Oh, in her, her his was delivery amazing. and his yeah. style. It just he owns the song. I yeah. think that's kind of what you're. Yeah, because, I mean, you can do a covers album, and it's like, ugh, you know. Ugh. Oh, yeah, there's been enough bands that have done that, like, yeah, yeah. Well, there's, like, you know, yeah. yeah. let's not even go there. It's, it's, uh, I mean, one good one that is really good, and it's funny how you take the Carpenters, and when they did If I Were a Carpenter, and Sonic Youth's version of Superstar is, you know, as much as I love Superstar by the Carpenters, Sonic Youth's version is just exquisite, you know. Yeah. Um, but then there's the crap like the Ramones cover CD. Yeah, but it's, it's again, it's taking ownership of the song. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's finding that emotional yeah. resonance that, right. that connects. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been great because I always, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I always enjoy seeing you guys, and I don't Me see too. enough of you. And I always love talking about music with the, the two of you because you both have such incredible, diverse tastes and 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 knowledge that it's it's really fun. And hmm. and uh, for anybody listening, is if you've never been to San Francisco. If you've thought about coming to San Francisco, you need to come to San Francisco and see a monster show. The monster show at the Edge Bar every Thursday at 10 p.m. www.cookievision.com or www.djmc2.com. Thanks for having me. Look forward to seeing many more years of of really great work. Yeah, time to rock on. We'll do another show. Yeah. Thank you. Special thanks to Eric, Cookie Dough, and DJ MC2 for that interview. We are going to leave you with some mixes by DJ MC2. You can check out more of these on his website at djmc2.com. I am your host, Dan Sauter. Thanks for checking out Music Live Radio, and we'll catch you next time.
Try this 